Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Yep, we're having a blast and we're getting ready and fired up to move into the most amazing energy. Some people are already feeling it. And yet at the same time, we also are clear that there are things that are going on in the world that may get us off of our game, so to speak, maybe out of balance. Maybe there's something wrong, but maybe there's not. Today, we're going to have that conversation. And we have three copies of this new book, Theology, A Theology of Love, Reimagining Christianity Through A Course in Miracles. Um, and this is, you know, this is a spirituality that is based on love and not fear by Richard Smoley. And joining me here today is, is, is he in looking at what it is, what it is that, we sense in the world, you know, do we sense that there's so many things that are off kilter that are wrong? Do we feel that people are losing their faith? They're not sure what to believe in. You know, what is it that is happening to a sense of us, but yet the longing, the longing is still there. The longing to believe in, you know, a universe that is benevolent, you know, in, a, you know, something out there that is purposeful, that is present. And, and we're going to talk about the course in, the course in Miracles. What is it? And what is it that we can reimagine from its teachings? Uh, for those of you, uh, I can remember my first introduction to A Course in Miracles many, many, many years ago. And that introduction for me became more than simply a book to read. Today, you're going to hear why. You know, Richard is joining me here today as somebody that knows about what it means to step into these esoteric traditions. You know, when I think about this, I think about his degrees from Harvard and Oxford, but also the many, many books he has created. But what is it about this world today? What is it about the lives that we are living that no one really wants to talk about, that doesn't want to address what may be going on in the hearts and in the minds of each and every one of us. Today, we get to explore that through a theology of love. Richard, thank you so much for joining me here today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things, and I want to start with reimagining Christianity. And I want to start with that conversation, because when we reimagine Christianity, and many people have done that, 
many people have reimagined things um, and have reimagined Christianity. But the question is, what is reimagining Christianity through a course of miracles ask us to explore? Well, the old theology of conventional Christianity uh, simply doesn't make sense. And it's easy to figure out how it developed over the centuries. But we are asked to believe that God got very mad at the human race for eating a piece of fruit Armenia 6,000 years ago, and got so mad that he condemned everybody, uh, descended from this man and woman to eternal damnation, but then he sort of felt bad about it, and decided he would send a part of himself down and have it tortured to death to make it up to himself. Except he didn't really, because uh, unless you believe this story, you're still going to fry. Does this theology make sense? No, I, I don't think so. But you answer, answer, does that theology make sense to you? Well, the question really is, there are some things that don't make sense. I mean, I, let me just give you uh, just a little snippet for me. Is I grew up in a religious background where um, at a very young age, uh, because my mom was sick and ultimately committed suicide, I was sent to Catholic boarding school. And I remember as a very young child getting in serious trouble for having a conversation with God, with Jesus, like I'm talking to you right now, and getting into some serious trouble for it, punishment, so to speak. Um, I was actually beat with a, a hairbrush for it. Now, ask me, does that make sense? Not, without cussing, not in any lifetime does that make sense. Does it make sense to you? Nope. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, but but you know that's the whole thing, because uh, if you have a theology that doesn't make sense, which it doesn't, uh, you get very very defensive, uh, and you get even as you just shown us quite violent toward anyone who might threaten that, uh, and that is the position in which uh, most of conventional Christianity, Catholicism, Protestantism and orthodoxy are in. So the question is, do we want to stay with this? A lot of people don't. Uh, a lot of people are a little tired of having to believe things that they don't really... You know, there's a joke in which the punchline is the kid says, you know, faith is believing what you know ain't so. And if, if that is kind of all there is, and, oh, by the way, you have, you're threatened with eternal damnation if you're... If, um, you're, uh, uh, if you don't believe this stuff, um, well, do you believe it? You, <laughs> are you only believing it in, uh, in uh, uh, on fear of damnation? Uh, I don't. I think religion can do a little better than that, although it hasn't. But when you think about it, though, and you think about this question, reimagining, don't you think that people? are starting and have started to do that for themselves. Let me give you a very specific example. You know, in the world we live in, right, there are people that are part of the LGBTQ community mm -hmm. and are also Christian. Mm -hmm. And they've had to reimagine a, mm -hmm. a version of Christianity which says, yep, if you're going to love everybody, you love everybody. If you're not, you don't.
But in the end of things, right, people still feel there's something not right with the world. Where are we getting all that from? Well, some of it may, in fact, be a loss of theology. Mm-hmm. That is to say, and, uh, that is to say uh, oh, by the way, theology is not optional. Uh, you're going to have a theology whether you want one or not. Why? Because even to believe in nothing is to have a set of beliefs about God and the world. If you believe that uh, there's no meaning in it and it's all a rat race and you win if you die with um, lots of expensive toys in your grubby hands, uh, that will lead you to <laughs> go one way uh, in life. If you believe in a punitive God, um, that will lead you to go another way in life. So everyone has some kind of theology, even if it's basically a blank. So, um, and if you don't really believe the one you have, you just kind of set it aside and go along in your course. And, um, um, you know, if some great crisis happens, you start asking about meaning. And maybe you find an answer then, and maybe you don't. So uh, to go back to what you were saying, um, uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, a lot in the world doesn't make sense. And, I mean, you could say even that the world itself doesn't make sense. And that is, of course, exactly what A Course in Miracles is saying, because the world we live in doesn't make sense. Uh, it, it tries to justify itself in all sorts of ways, but uh, all its justifications and all its attempts to set itself right uh, don't really amount to much. They all—they're all—they all either cause problems that nobody thought about, or they undo themselves quite regularly. And the course is saying, well, this is uh, part of the problem, or our our real problem is a separation from God. Uh, at some point, in, you know, at some point, we don't know when mm-hmm. humanity, humanity decided that it wanted to uh, see what life was like without God. So it created this, made this world that doesn't make sense. And uh, if you have a world that doesn't make you know, you know, you know the Course yourself, you know, I am upset because I see a meaningless world. A cor- the Course in Miracles has 365 lessons. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of them is, I am upset because I see a meaningless world. And a lot of what I think you're saying is, um, what are people missing? Well, in certain ways, they're, they're seeing a meaningless world. So what, is, what else, what other answer is there? And that's kind of, I think, what we have to uh, at least think about. Yeah. Um, one of the things I want to talk about when we come back is, again, a theology of love. And what does this mean? What are the lessons? What is it? that we can now understand about the reflections in our lives, about what it means to have a special moment with yourself to find meaning, as Richard says, meaning for a meaningless world. Excuse me. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Darcy Pariso is your connection to spirit, energy, and healing. You can meet Darcy in person at upcoming events throughout Seattle. 
Do you have questions about your animal companions, yourself, or do you desire to communicate with loved ones on the other side? Darcy will connect you and get answers. Darcy can also work with energy healing to help you and your animal companions feel more balanced and recharged. Visit DarcyPariso.com events. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. Tired of not losing the weight? You need a healthy solution for weight loss that protects your muscle mass as the fat burns away naturally. Holistic Medical Center has the healthy option for your weight loss concerns. Lose one to three pounds per day in 21 days, naturally, under our physician supervision. Call Holistic Medical Center, 425-451-0404, or on the web, drdarvish.com, D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. Have you heard of drawing a longer line? A teacher drew a line on the board and asked her students how to make the line shorter without changing or erasing it. No one knew the answer, so she drew a longer line right next to the first one. You can be just like that teacher. If you lack self-confidence, you can draw a longer line. Think of someone you love, someone who inspires you, and ask yourself, what would they do? Remember, you don't have to change the fear or try and get rid of it. A bigger thought, a larger feeling has the power to release you from the limits that undermine your confidence. Then you're free to take inspired action, to be your best self. Hi, I'm Sarah Main, co-host of Conscious Confidence Radio. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Pat, on transformationtalkradio.com. To learn more about how to transform your life with conscious confidence, go to my website, consciousconfidence.com. Your eternal purpose is calling out to you each and every day. Are you listening? Tune in to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete Cafarcio every first and third Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be your authentic self and live the life that you were destined for. Learn practical tools to discover your purpose and conquer other fears that keep you stuck in a life of mediocrity. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, We're going to give three copies of this book away at Theology of Love. Um, Richard, can you please let folks know, one, how they can get a copy of the book and how they can find out more about you? Well, uh, they can get a copy of my book on all the usual uh, sources online and uh, in in better bookstores. Uh, So they're, they're just widely available. Uh, my personal website is innerchristianity.com, so, and uh, there's a place where you can contact me if uh, that's needed. And, uh, it gives some uh, details about my books and appearances and uh, other such details. Thank you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a couple things. One, I, I really want to talk with you about the law on two levels. And the reason I want to talk with you about this, because folks can read about everything that has come before in the book. Um, But you start this out by saying this, if we are in this predicament, 
what is the way out? And so I'm asking the question, the law on two levels, the predicament itself, because once people hear you talk about the predicament, one would think, oh, my gosh, is there a way out? So please, let's talk about the predicament. Okay, well, let me tell it in the form of a story. Once upon a time, there was a man and woman, and they went up to God and said, Hey, Lord, we heard about this thing called good and evil, and we'd really like to know about it. And God said, This is not such a good idea. I do not recommend that you do this. They said, Oh, come on, we want to. They said, All right, but you're going to have to um, go down into a realm where it hurts to have babies, and um, you have to work hard for a living. Now, that is the, the story of Genesis, just told in a rather uh, offhand way. That is to say, to eat of the knowledge of uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil means to know good and evil. The human race collectively wanted to know good and evil. And we got what we asked for. Because I can tell you flat out, I know nothing about you, I know nothing about your listeners, but every last one of you, like me, has experienced some good and some evil in your lives. Uh, now, I know the proportions vary wildly, and that's another story. But this is it. You wanted to know what good and evil is? Now you know. Um, now, the problem comes with the fact that we're kind of, uh, we feel kind of stuck in it. And we, uh, as A Course in Miracles says, you know, we kind of made this world to experience, experience this. Uh, but uh, it, does, it started to feel like a, kind of a prison without walls. So how do you get out of it? Mm. Well, well, the first thing is uh, God didn't condemn anybody to anything. Uh, the human race, and, uh, collectively, at some, or all of, for all, you know, well, anyway, the human race, at some level, at some point, way uh, back, uh, decided it wanted to experience reality on this level. And so it, it made a world that we see, which is three dimensions, has a dimension of time, even has a dimension of good and evil, as one Kabbalistic set, uh, text says. So this is where we are, and we're stuck in it. Uh, and the way to stay stuck in it is to believe in it implicitly. That is to say, this is all there is, or whatever is past this is pretty much like this. Uh, so, the way out of it, uh, as presented by a course, uh, is forgiveness. Now, this has a lot of dimensions, and forgiveness is a very, very, very loaded word. I know because I wrote a book uh, entitled The Deal, A Guide to Radical and Complete Forgiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know how loaded the concept is for many. We all like forgiveness. We all believe in it. Um, but often enough, we have plenty of excuses for not doing it. Let's look at it from a slightly different angle. And I would say this. If this world is kind of a, kind of a fabrication, that we made to kind of see what good and evil was like. Step number one is not to take it too seriously. And this is this is one of the things that uh, sends 
fear uh, deep into the heart of um, the ego, which is the fear-based nature of the mind, uh, according to the Course, uh, because it, the ego wants you to take everything seriously. The ego wants you to think this is all there is. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about the uh, you know, sense of, of people needing something and, and wanting something, and what they want to know is something beyond this. If, if you don't, uh, then you become very preoccupied with what happens to the world. And the world is always kind of what it is. It's a mixture of good and evil. It's uh, not fundamentally good. It's not fundamentally evil. It's a mixture. Uh, in fact, in the old esoteric tradition, one name for this earth, this level, was Mixtus Orbis, which is the mixed world. Uh, of good and evil. By the way, mm-hmm. um, it is even we, we are so submerged in this that it, it's impossible to imagine a world that's at all desirable without some evil in it. Mm-hmm. How do we know this? Why? Uh, just imagine um, what people say about heaven. Yeah. Well, a lot of people say heaven sounds kind of dull, and it. You know, well, I'm floating up on all these clouds or, you know, petting lions and tigers and eating fruit or whatever whatever uh, bizarre uh, images people have of it. They don't sound very good. That means that we actually find it difficult to imagine a world that's at all desirable without some evil in it. So that wow. is how much our, our limitation, our minds are limited by this concept. And always the question is, how do you... That past these limitations. Do you think it is so embedded, you know, in, uh, in, in and I want to say embedded beyond our thought, right? Embedded in sort of the meaning of life that we have to really start to unravel and uh, really uh, reveal, right? Mm-hmm. What the reality is, what perhaps a new truth might, might be. Right. And, you know, you go on to talk about that in the book. You go from the unreal to the real. And we were just talking about this on the last show. We were talking about the movie The Matrix. You know, do you take the red pill or do you take the blue pill, so to speak? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I think most people are pretty happy with the blue pill as far as <laughs> I can speak. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And that. Uh, but um, the message here. It's quite the opposite, the opposite of the matrix, which is um, you're not awakening to a horrible world. You're going right. to awaken to a world that's much better than this one. Oh, just, just let's, 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 another little point about the matrix. If you remember these kind of robots that decide to keep the human race in a coma, yeah, they first they first design this world that's incredibly pleasant because if they're you know if they're Making a fake world, they might as well make a pleasant. But uh, people uh, kept didn't like it. They they you know obnoxiously kept waking up. So the, the robots made this kind of simulacrum of you know life in late 20th century America. That's kind of an yeah. example too. You know, um, right? Um, uh, there's an enormous amount of fear that the, that the truth is far worse than you thought. But maybe the truth is far better than you thought. 
and our desire to live with, to make problems and live in a world of problems, um, that keeps us from it. Well, I mean, one of the things we're going to do when we come back from break, we're going to talk about, you know, the journey and the evolution of things. You know, it is the belief in the belief. And what is it that we want to really conjure up in our minds? You know, what do we want to learn? What do we want to learn that perhaps we missed the first time around from the Course in Miracles? And what is the relationship that we can cultivate and have with whatever you call it, God of your understanding, higher power, all of the above. When we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, what Richard does to address that and what it is we do to go from fear-based, hate-based to a love-based possibility. Let's take a short break, everyone. We will be right back with that. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. Parenting will always be a bit of a mystery. Who knows why some parenting ideas work and others do not? Or why some kids seem to succeed despite family setbacks, while others have so much given to them and yet fail to thrive? The one thing we do know is that once you have a child, you'll never be quite the same again. Awe-inspiring emotions like overwhelming love, extreme guilt, intense frustration, and incredible joy make this job second to none. Breaking free of parenting pressures means recognizing the pieces that make us unique, the pieces that we carry with us from the past, and the pieces that are influenced by the society we live in. When we can pick and choose which pieces we want to keep around and change the others to align with our inner wisdom, we will feel more self-assured in our role as a parent. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. Learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me, Felistiana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as I help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live. Explore the journey of spiritual transcendence and ultimately discover the path to peace, love, purpose, and wholeness. For more information, visit atimeofhealing.com. How do you feel? Just okay? Well, how about you tune in and get ready to be more with The Healing Hour with me, Doc Martin, every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I'm ready for your questions, and I can't wait to help you find the answers. Every month, we'll have a new live call-in show with innovative topics and a powerful hour of healing. To learn more about me, visit DrSharonMartin.com. See you there. I'm going to be here. You won't want to miss it. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, A theology of love. Uh, Richard, let's take a moment, if you would, and let folks know how they can find out more about you, how they can get a copy of the book. And then Benny will go ahead and give a copy of the book away. Great. Well, uh, 
I, my personal website is innerchristianity.com, and my books are available. I've published 10 books on these subjects, uh, of which Theology of Love is the latest. And they're certainly available on all uh, you know, major websites uh, and uh, in the better bookstores. Awesome. Thank you. And let's go ahead and give a copy of the book away, 1-800-930-2819, A Theology of Love. Um, Richard, let's talk about the journey that the book takes a person on. You know, we've talked a little bit about the beginning, but it does take us on a journey, and it takes us through perhaps an understanding about the power of A Course in Miracles and and some other studying uh, and teachings. Tell us about, from your perspective, what you imagined in writing this book. Well, let me share what I think is the most important insight that I can offer. Um, If you meditate, and people do meditate, I think can understand this. Realizing this is one of the goals of meditation, I believe. Um, If your mind becomes very quiet, you sit there, uh, you realize you have all of these bodily sensations, right? You're sitting there in your chair or whatever. Maybe you have a pulse to get up and move around. But in this quiet state of mind, you realize that you can actually kind of observe these sensations from a distance. So you must not be these sensations because you're watching them someplace else. And then you go a little further, and you have all of these thoughts, all of these emotions passing through your mind. Uh, You can watch them like images on a screen. So, you can watch all of these things. If you can watch all of these things, you must not be all these thoughts or or feelings either. So, you come to this point, which people will call a self with a capital S, a witness, the high self, the watcher, uh, every esoteric tradition has some name for it. That is a still silent point in you that sees, that is kind of is consciousness. Now, the bad news is none of these other things that you're seeing, including the body, including uh, your, your psyche or mind, uh, uh, is immortal. They are going to die uh, within a few decades at the most. The only thing immortal about you is this self, this silent witness. And it has lots of names. Well, let's go back to old-fashioned Christianity, like the Gospels. Uh, In the Gospels, it is called the Kingdom of Heaven or the Kingdom of God. Uh, The Gospel of John, it is referred to as I Am. And if you understand this, suddenly a lot of the Gospels become clearer. But here's the problem. The problem is that uh, our life is a forgetting. That is, you have these body desires, fears, needs, pains, pleasures, and you, you get swept up and you think you are those things. And similarly, with all the thoughts in your mind, all of the, uh, all the uh, you know, brilliant ideas you've had, all of your opinions about yourself, the world, and everybody else, you know, for most people, most of the time, including me, you're identified with that. And just to be able to step back from it 
the little degree I've suggested is, um, well, it's a very big move because, you know, it is going from the unreal, which is all of this stuff that we're seeing, uh, to the real. Uh, one criterion, I mean, the, the old esoteric traditions define the real in a very different way uh, from uh, modern people. And there are semantics about that. But for us, the real is what you can see and feel and touch. And that's because the real comes from the Latin word race, which means thing. Uh, real estate is something you can, you know, touch, or you better be able to touch it. Um, but in the old language, that was not the real. The real is what is eternal. And none of the stuff is eternal. Uh, we desire it to be eternal. And we get very, very insecure if, um, you know, our little world gets shaken, sometimes in big ways, sometimes in little ways. But, and the Buddhists say this over and over and over again, this is all impermanent. Uh, and so once you realize that there is something impermanent and something that is permanent, um, there's an old play by Thornton Wilder called Our Town. Uh, and uh, at one point, one of the characters says this, this, there's something you know, and I know, and everybody knows, mm-hmm. put a pie to all the nonsense, and that is there's something that is eternal, and that something has to do with human being. So now we know that. Um, it, it's a little scary because we don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it is. So, you know, you can never lose this kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. Uh, it's immortal. Uh-huh. Uh, why? Because God created it. You didn't, according to the Course. Uh, so it's nothing can happen to it. And nothing else is really that important. Um, you know, and that is, a, that is the, the message of A Course in Miracles on its first page. Um, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. And that, mm-hmm. that, that, that is what it itself says is a summary of the whole 1,200 pages. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I'm, at least from what I've said, I hope it's a little clearer what, what that means yeah. and, and what, the, what it's talking about. So how yeah. do you get there? And, and one, re, one way is you, you kind of... Um, uh, well, it's a certain amount of detachment. That is to say, you're you're not your feelings. You're not your opinions. I mean, uh, I, I would suggest one thing, particularly in, in these agitated times, but uh, that pretty much everyone. I suggest that everyone look look at your political opinions because uh, th- these are very fervid uh, now, and people have very yeah. very strong political opinions and they are identified with them. Uh, and just to step back from your own opinions and look at them. Uh, you know, I, I see myself doing this, um, particularly in the morning after I've been drinking some coffee. You know, I start having all these things going through my head. And, uh, you know, I tell myself, well, the opinionator is working well today. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, the opinionator is going to be there. Uh, you're not going to cut it out. You're not going to... Uh, have it surgically removed or uh, are drugged. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's there. You should watch it. You know, you watch it. And, um, again, it goes into not taking it quite as seriously as you might be tempted to. Now, this is good news because uh, it should mean you get a lot less upset about a lot of things because these are just my opinions. And uh, A Course in Miracles is very, um, uh, warns a great deal against judgment because none of us has the whole picture. Yeah. You're upset, you're upset about X, Y, and Z in the world. Yeah, it looks upsetting. All the news sources say it's upsetting. Even the news sources don't have a, a complete picture of it. I know from times I've been either close to the news, something's written something about me. Uh, wow. <laughs> There's just, just mistakes here. They, they said I, I said the exact opposite of what I did say. And I have to assume that's a, a true, um, with a great deal of reporting of all sorts. That's not to say you ignore it or shut it off, although it's a good idea if you're starting to get a little uh, frantic. Uh, but it is to say, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm upset. All right, okay, let's, uh, let's just step back and watch this a little bit. Um, so I think that is uh, a beginning of liberation. Uh, and to go back to this I, this watcher, this self, God, Atman, call uh, Buddha mind, Buddha nature, uh-huh. uh, uh, becoming aware of it in yourself is an important first step. Uh, and as I say, that's what many meditative practices, including those of the Course, uh, yeah, yeah. try to do. Uh, and then you have to go, in my opinion, a little further and realize that if you go take this I back far enough, uh, it is uh, a we, uh, the I that is we, that is to say this I, the collective we, uh, and part of our illusion is imagining uh, that we're all shattered into these little pieces running around and fighting with each other. Again, this is exp- expressed in many, many myths uh, around mm-hmm. the world, um, and uh, Zoroastrianism, Hinduism, uh, you know, this is a basic truth. Now, it's a myth in one sense, uh, in that, you know, is it, is it like a Humpty Dumpty story? Well, did this really happen? Well, not on any physical level, because the physical level that we understand, including everything that science is trying to tell us, is the result of this fall, a result of this course called separation uh, and of course as you know God has only one son which is you mm-hmm. which is me which is uh, oh by the way Jesus Christ is he the son of God oh yes along with you yeah. that is to say Jesus Christ is the son of God Jesus Christ who lived around 30 AD is the son of God but so are you so am I uh, the chief difference is uh he was aware of it a lot more than we are, mm. and that that leads that, that according to the course, uh, gave him this particularly special role. But he emphasizes over and over again that he's from, from our point of view, he's an elder yeah. brother, mm-hmm. and you don't no you're not, uh, 
Well, well let me ask we, you this question. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I, 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 I know there's so much to talk about in here. What, sure. what I, I was interested in, and I know we have a few minutes left, um, the end of the book in the appendix is this, well, let's call it an invitation, and it says, Studying a Course in Miracles. Um, and you go on to talk about that a little bit. Right. And you talk about it in three major parts, so to speak. Um, I want to ask you about the Course in Miracles. Is that the, in your opinion, is this the solution for the agony that perhaps people are experiencing in the real world now? No, it's not the solution. It's a solution. And yeah. one, one thing that uh, it, it's very clear about is there are many, many, many different paths to this knowledge. Yeah. Um, it's a universal curriculum, but the form that it takes is going to differ from each individual. For some people, it may be A Course in Miracles. For other people, it may be a Kabbalah, it may be Buddhism, it may be Hinduism, it could be any number of things under any other name. Of course, it's simply saying, this is one version, and I would say it's to be respected uh, as a legitimate version of the universal course, the universal curriculum, uh, but I do not believe anyone should set it up as a Bible that uh-huh. you know, everybody should worship and start bashing each other, each other over the head with. Yeah. Which happens. And most course students do this a little bit, and they kind of realize it, and they kind of realize what they're doing, and they back off. But, um, you know, it is a course, uh, and I think if you follow its directions, uh, you will certainly get a very good start. Uh-huh. Um, but there's always further to go, and uh, you may be led, you may do all 365 lessons of the course in a year, just the way it says, may read it, um, and uh, may get a lot out of it, and then you may have to go on and and work with some other teacher for a while. Yeah, yeah. That's completely completely individual. The thing about the course, that it's meant to put you in touch with your own Mm -hmm. inner guidance. Yeah. So once you do it, you follow your inner guidance. You don't have to follow anybody else because Mm -hmm. nobody else uh, knows the picture. Yeah, and I think I think that's you know I think it's in, in in a sense. So is it the solution? Not not as a as a a religion to be kind of like shoved down people's throat, but I, right, as, right. I think as a way of you know showing uh, one path out of this confusion. Uh, I think it's a very legitimate. Yeah. Wow. Well, look, I want to thank you for today. Uh, before we go, we're going to take a short break, but I'm, you know, I wanted to uh, have you just let folks know one more time how they can find out more about you. And then I want to know what your personal message. Thank you for joining us here today. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so what's your personal message for today? What do you want to leave people with? Don't take the world too seriously. Don't take the world too seriously. Got it. Well, well, I put it in. I put it in a, a, a book of mine. Uh, it's, it's a couple of things. 
the world is your body. Do not take the world too serious. Awesome. And you can take that as kind of a call. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us here today. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about the new moon tonight. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. moment when you realize you've mastered your wellness or that you will never fall off the roller coaster of life? Well, yeah, me either. But I still ride unicorn. I will teach you how to become a mindset master. You will learn how your habits and behavior affect the success of your nutrition and exercise, relationships, organization, and so much more. Motivation doesn't arrive in an email, so stop waiting for it. You have to take action, then motivation follows. I am Coach Peggy Well. Get out of your comfort zone and recognize the simple truth. We aren't that special. We all have crap to deal with, and we all have a lot more in common than not. I want to spark you into action. We will learn, love, and laugh together. So join me every first and third Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific for Coach Couch and Coffee Radio, where you will learn that being happy and healthy is way more than carrot sticks and squat. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, everybody, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Um, What I want to say is that um, here's what you should know. Uh, When we talked about the new moon earlier, and I just wanted to say for a few minutes to clarify, I got a couple of text messages from people asking about it. I wanted to talk about what the energy was that I was referring to because we didn't really spend a lot of time on it. And today is the day of the new moon. It is the new moon, November. It is, to, it is today. 
and it is uh, 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 four degrees Sagittarius. And, uh, and, and, and the, the reason that this is an important moon is it literally is one month away from a solar eclipse. So it's the last new moon, right, before the eclipse. And what folks are talking about is what many people are also feeling. Um, it's an excellent time for a fresh start, for turning over a new leaf, for starting a new project. It is that time. You know, it's also a time to question some of the old habits and the behaviors and the beliefs, you know, those things that you search for. But it's also a time for new and innovative ways to make progress. And I'm really struck by that because of what we decided to do. Uh, right now, we're running focus group for our up upcoming crowdfunding initiative and what we're building next year. And looking at the innovations and things and what it means. But most importantly, people are feeling this effect, even though the new moon is in Sagittarius, they're feeling this Mars opposite Uranus effect, a really disruptive influence, right? And so when you look at that chart, when you see the chart, you could see it, right? And you could see it that it's influenced in a lot of ways by other planets. But here's the point, whether you know astrology or not, you know, you can feel anger and resentment, you know, boiling over into a number of actions, temper tantrums, you know what I'm talking about. But you're also seeing that this is an explosive energy that can cause this kind of disruption. You know, it can cause things to happen in a certain way. So it is a time for us to think twice. But that doesn't mean that we hold back on our truth. And I think this is the confusion about this new moon. You know, it's an energy of, wait a minute, you don't want to sound like you're out there crazy. But on the other hand, it is a time to speak truth. For example, I was talking to our guest. He was asking me about it, and I gave him an example and I said, you know, it's interesting if you're watching things on social media and you're following the path of a guy like Ambassador John Bolton and who got a phenomenal Simon & Schuster book deal. But what you're finding from people is exactly what this is, is talking about, this energy uh, of literally saying to him, we're not going to read your book because how could we read a book from someone that's going to write about things that you would not testify about. And so whether it depends, it doesn't matter what party you're on. It's an energy that people are saying, wait a minute, we're in search of truth. And yet you can't really fool us anymore. You know, there's a level of shocking and unpredictability and erratic influence, right? And for some of us, People may think that we're restless, we're impulsive, and we're crazy. But this is about re-energizing now. This is about this, this Mars re-energizing, this re-energizing spirit. You know, this is from now for the next 28 days. This is the new moon that's going to extend explosive influence for 28 days influence and who you are, what you can say, right? An energy that can feel exciting, but also scary, right? 
as we're looking at this exciting and scary. And we talk about that a lot on the show. You know, what is it that makes us exciting about our future? But what makes us afraid, right? It may make us difficult to relax, make it hard for us to relax, especially if we feel our freedom has been restricted or our creative self-expression has been blocked. And so you can see the way things may be showing up in our political world, but that's not what this is about. It's about ourselves. It's about making sure we're not letting the pressure to change come from someone where it has power over us, right? Changing our circumstances or maybe an unexpected event because we have to change our own routine, our own behavior and our own plans right now. It is so important for us to be flexible and adaptable. My word for this new moon is adaptogen, one of my favorite words. Whatever the adjustment is, make it. Whatever the altercation is, alter it. Whatever the new direction is, new it. But the point is this, if we resist or if we become arrogant or if we become disruptive, it's this is the energy. This is a win-lose energy. It's what it's about. And we may experience or suffer losses or miss out important opportunities. You know, it's not the time to be stubborn. It's not the time to overreact. It's not the time to damage our reputations or our prospects and who we are. We don't need to totally change direction, but rather make minor changes or alterations, right? Do not go too far or be too daring, but go the distance. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. Next year, as we move out of this 28-day cycle, it will be the year for expansive power, success, money, and enough to change the world. And power, by the way, it is one of those words that people cringe when they hear it. But think about people in the world that have had powerful influences. Think about the power of a Dalai Lama. That's the energy of Sagittarius moving into Capricorn. We'll see you next time. Adaptogen. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.